What's Appalachian bonus episode. Hey everybody, this is Gabe Roush bringing you the first bonus episode of What's Appalachian. This past weekend, um, my family, friends, and family all got together and partook in one of Appalachia's most deep-rooted traditions, um, and that would be the <laughs> the art of butchering pigs uh, at home. Uh, something that I grew up that around um, as a child, learning from my dad, my grandpa's uh, family friends. <laughs> we we coined them as the old timers. Uh, something that has always been special near and dear to me that really embodies the whole self-sufficiency ideal of Appalachians throughout our region. Uh, by no means do I think that this is unique just to Appalachians in America because obviously this is something that cultures do around the world and around the U.S. But uh, it it is unique in the respect of how it's passed down, I feel like, uh, to those who grew up here in Appalachia. Uh, so over the weekend, we, we all got together to do this and I, I took a recorder out. Um, and then while we were processing some of the pig, I uh, sat down and talked with my dad and a bunch of family friends about uh, the beginnings of their experiences with uh, a good old-fashioned hog butchering. So I hope you guys enjoy this. When we start butchering, when when did you start butchering pigs, Dad? Because I'm Charlie. When was that? Can't begin. I would say probably my first time was probably in the late seventies. Really? We got busy with it with the eighties. So like you're in high school. Yep. And then just pop on all into the yep, after that. Poles and well, mostly. Charlie's uncle Lou helped me a lot in uh, Sam Boston. Boston. Yeah. Sam Boston oh, and Lou Lobbing, I hate to say it, but Lou Lobbing taught me a lot. Really? And, <laughs> you and, hate to say it? <laughs> and, Larry, and Larry did, too. Larry yeah. did, too. Larry had coached from the side. Then, you know, Larry did do a lot of work. He, oh, he no, kept no, the beer no. cold and plenty of it there. Yeah, but, he cooked some chicken. But he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. But I wasn't, when Charlie was cutting beef and deer, or beef and uh, hogs back in their day there, Larry was busy then, wasn't he? When yeah. He, when really. he was able to. Yeah. Health-wise. I remember that. Really? Yeah, and uh, we'd have pans in, we'd have the 55 gallon drum. They drank their coffee, a couple cups of coffee, went over and got that hog, drug it over there, and had a little platform there, out in front of the barrel, rolled up on that platform, they put that thing head first in that barrel, and that son of a bitch came back to life, started mud, tore it, kept the barrel over, broke the metal fence post. Well, 
to the house. Never right? moved, but when it hit that hot water, and somebody stood him up, put it up over a block building, put it up on that building. That's awesome. That was uh. Basically, that, that was probably a time frame when I first started butchering because that's when we did the 55 gallon drum before we got fancy stone pans. Then Thunder Thornton, Harry's dad, worked with him and he ended up giving me that pan. He said, Timmy, all I, I said, what do you want for it, Thunder? He said, you give me a bag of cracklings every time you... I'll take a little bit of the one that's out of the house. A little bit of sausage, yeah. Same skull He said, you give me a little bit of sausage and a bag of cracklings, you can have that skull pan. It's an all metal one too. It wasn't tin. And then I, I remember seeing pictures of you guys doing that at Papa Hooks Riverbank too, right? Yep. Jack taught me a lot too. Your, your grandpa Jack taught me some things too. We, yeah, Jack knew what he was doing too. We, uh, Jack's way, though. Yeah. Jack's way, but he knows. That was the first time I ever, we ever stuffed uh, head meat in the gut. He took him damn guts out of my Coming through, boy. Coming through. Really? Got a little bit of bacon meat no, here and a little bit of uh we got to layer outside for now. Got to layer outside for now. <laughs> they got too much on the tape. That's the first time I ever <laughs> seen him stuff a gut. I forget this is your mom, I think was one of them. Well, she's been around it. Yeah. But there's some other younger girls there. We stuffed them damn things with, and it looked like baby pigs and then guts and head cheese. But when you cook it in the broth, yeah, in your in your big kettle, after you stuffed them, it looked like baby pigs floating around in there when it swelled up. And uh, that's uh, that's why I told him little. They were little at the time, but younger girls. What that was? It's baby pigs. Oh God, that's gross. Baby it's worse than I told you what it was. <laughs> I told you what it really was. I remember we made that river thing down there and head cheese one time, and uh, Uncle Bob got him a pan put in his truck. And he sat there and got drunk after putting his truck. He laid on his driver's seat and he went to go home. And he sat in it. One glass to get warm when he was going up the road. He was sitting in his liver button. So along with all the uh, BS stories and wine and beer, um, there actually is a good bit of work, obviously, that goes into this. Uh, it is quite the process, and uh, it's a very hands-on process, especially when you're doing this kind of the quote-unquote old-fashioned way at home. Um, and, and, and it starts pretty basic. Uh, you, you do put the pig down, uh, followed by scalding the pig. So there's a fire pit <clears throat> that boils a water in a scalding pan. Um, in which you, you do put the pig in, uh, and then that, that's the process of actually removing the hair from the hide. Um, and the reason that you do want to do this, at least in, in this fashion of uh, processing a pig, is uh, that now makes the hide uh, easier to be processed, to render lard, and make cracklings, which seem to be one of the golden prizes of this whole process that everybody looks forward to. Um, that's just cubed up pork fat and pork skin thrown into a huge kettle. Uh, just boiled in its own grease and makes a really nice tasty pork rind. Um, uh, so following the scalding and everything, you ob obviously clean clean the pig uh, in terms of gutting it, um, getting it ready to be processed uh, and, and cut up within the shop. Uh, after the, the pig is cleaned, um, everything is halved, quartered up, um, 
you cut off the the pork rind or the pork hide to be ready for cracklings and lard rendering um, and then you start processing your other cuts of meat so like your pork chops your ham your bacon um, uh, piecing up everything for for sausage and then just pack, packaging it all all at home so um, it's a couple day process for just a two to three pigs um, depending on the size of the pig itself so it, it is pretty labor intensive, but, it, but it's fun. It gives everybody a reason to get together, uh, have a few beers, kind of reminisce, kind of like we did in this episode when we were talking, because I feel like every time that we do get together to do this, we always talk about stories about the old timers or, or experiences with the old timers. So it's something pretty special. And it's something so special and so important to my family that my dad actually planned our homestead in Mason County, especially our barn area around this whole process by developing his own more efficient way to scald and clean and everything like that. So that's another reason that this has always been important to me because it's something that I've always been around. You already had in mind what you wanted to set up out there. <laughs> I remember that the well, concrete poured for the, the, the scalding head. We had to worry about plywood trying to stay out of the mud. Was yeah. the, big thing. the second big thing was the weather. Stay out of the wind yeah. and the rain if it rained because weather would find a day to get people together anymore. It's been tough to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, usually the old timers Every every Thanksgiving out, and that's in the, that's probably the first butcher I was ever at was Ben Rouse's. I walked uh, out West Creek. Really? Snow knee deep. That wasn't really. But uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> no, not really. Field both ways, all the way to Ben's house. You guys used to do it on Thanksgiving, though. Or that, that's, that's what they would do. That's really? when they, a lot of traditions that way. Everyone got together on Thanksgiving to do the whole. But, we got another slab off. Being Ruth, man, she made she'd cook a big spread. And hey, keep, it, keep in mind, she do butcher chickens and everything else. They did the old school way, being really. Ruth, man. Mm-hmm. So in this process of hog butchering here in Appalachia, um, doing it in the homestead type setting. Uh, there are more products that you actually get out of a pig than what you're used to seeing, especially from a grocery store. Obviously, you have your traditional sausage, ham, bacon, etc. Um, but there's other products too uh, that really embody the whole like using all of your resources, so all as much of the pig as possible, uh, to really feed your family for throughout the year, and especially during the time immediately after butchering the pig. So you'll probably be introduced to some new cuts of pig or. Uh, processed parts of pig uh, that you're not really accustomed to if you're used to just grocery shopping. Um, so it's pretty unique. Uh, seems a little off, but I, I promise you if you ever had the chance to try any of these uh, Appalachian delicacies, uh, you would actually be surprised of how delicious they really are and how useful they are. So, uh, I mean, I know you get your normal sausage, your ham, bacon, stuff like that. What, what, what's some other stuff that you always remember? Getting fried right now. Liver, liver. Fresh I'm, liver. I'm looking forward to that. Roast. Get some roast out of the roast if you want. Cubed ham. Cubed your hams. That's really good. And then uh, I know Papa Huck always used to work on head, head cheese and sauce. Like, oh, yeah. What, yeah. I was, head cheese. Everybody talked about head cheese, but I never got to eat any. Of it. What, what What's in head cheese? Like, what do you do to make that? It's meat cooked off the head. It's, like, it's not the brains. It's not the eyeballs. It's not all that bullshit. If you take yeah, the front just, shoulder and boil the meat off this that, right here, right there, the, the, the jowls. Same and, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, the jaw meat. Yeah. yeah the, the jaw meat, and this right here, boil it, and then cut up some onions. And, just throw them with it, just yeah, kind of like. Yeah. Like whatever cartilage in the head just kind of makes it gelatin or whatever. Well, your uh, 
Your souse is the vinegar stuff. Yeah. That's, your, yeah. that's your feet and your ears. You cut yeah. your feet and your ears. Right. The more right. cartilage right. stuff. That's the cartilage, the gristle stuff. Yeah. Okay. That, gives it the, that gives it the uh, gel. The gel to yeah. yeah, the vinegar. They got another crackling shop yeah. set up outside. Good. Ready to go? Okay. No, they're cutting it up out there. Are they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll speed that up then. Here, I got you, buddy. That's, then that thin stuff's hard. Sam Boston used to make pond hall. Which we used to make. It's really good if you like. It's like a, it's a cornmeal and flour base. You take out kettle meat. Kind of like the liver pudding type. No, no. no, no. This will be like a cornbread. Or, okay. Like, it's cornmeal and flour in your broth. You thin your broth down. You dump a bunch of flour and cornmeal in it. That's it. Then you got pieces of meat in that broth. Your yeah. kettle meat, of course. And then you put them in uh, loaf pans or cake pans. Mm -hmm. And then. Uh, the best way to eat that's to fry it in a skillet and some little, some maple syrup. Oh boy! Really? Make me get excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> we butchered that home and make all that stuff up. We got house. I always remember twenty or thirty pans of that. That'd be yeah. The the head cheese, believe it or not, the head cheese and the sauce would do the quickest. I say the head cheese is the. Doug Edwards made, but he used the pimentos and onion and peppers in his head cheese. He put pickles in. Pickles, yeah. Now, uh, Stan Redemar, he used to make it, he used the liver and everything in it, I think. Yeah, we put the liver in ours, they call it liver pudding. It's liver. got liver in it, but it's the same, same thing. Same thing, yeah. Exact <laughs> thing. Mine too. That better? Yes. Yeah. What liver we didn't fry it and eat that day, we had to get them. So it's pretty obvious that the tradition of this is rooted within the self-sufficiency of folks who lived in more rural areas here in the United States, especially in Appalachia, um, to be able to provide for their families, to be able to survive winters, um, especially when you're nowhere near <laughs> a town or, or a place that has the convenience of, of grocers or a butcher shop. Uh, so we, we did kind of dive into that a little bit, uh, just kind of talking about our papas and grandpas uh, experiences and just kind of how we felt how they really got into this. So you think Papa All and Larry and all of them that's just something they did growing up to do this or is this something they just kind of decided to start doing? I'd say they done it growing up. I think they done it. I'd say they had to do it. Just like we uh, They had to, right? Just like you guys learned they probably did the same thing or they may have had to, yeah, like you yeah. said. I mean, back that time, you're talking about the 40s and the 50s. Yeah, yeah they, they had they, to they then. Probably, they had to do it. I mean, probably. It'd be like some of these damn elected officials. You take, you <laughs> take Charlie's dad. You got you <laughs> yeah. Charlie's dad, Bobby. Uh, Lou. Lou. There's three brothers that lived together. Uh, yeah, all of them. Bill. Billy, yeah. Mm -hmm. They butchered the bills. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Billy, you know, Billy had a smokehouse. Take, yeah. Uncle Billy take raising four boys right at the same age. <laughs> That's a lot of Back in the yeah. 40s, 50s, when you made a dollar and a half an hour. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're right. Well, they went to Walmart. Point. <laughs> and had Uncle Thomas, too. Yep. That's a good yeah, point. He's got all the Yeah. yeah. House full of boys and trying to keep up with that. So if you ever really get the opportunity to take part in something like this, uh, whether it be with a friend or family friend or anything like that, um, we highly recommend that you that you jump in and kind of learn about the whole process, learn about the tradition, their, their family's tradition of this, because I'm sure every family is different and every family has a unique, fun story about all of this. And 
it's all going to be the same kind of fun BS and probably having a few beers and drinking some homemade wine. And it's always just a good family affair. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed this episode today. Um, this is something that we're going to hope, hopefully start bringing to you pretty soon via a Patreon account we will be releasing here in the next several weeks. Uh, we're fine-tuning that to make sure everything's good to go and we're able to bring the, the finest additional content to you folks. So be on the lookout for our upcoming Patreon account where you can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month and then get bonus content like this all the time, including videos um, and possibly merch, likely merch. So guys, I really appreciate you listening in today and I hope this is something that you enjoyed and we truly look forward to bringing you more content like this in the near future. So until next time, guys, uh, have a good one and we'll see you soon. Cheers.